You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And Gabby, we had a busy weekend of official visits. The first time any school around the country uh, has been able to host official visitors in about 18 months, I think. So it was, a, it was a good to get back to normal from that standpoint following the pandemic. It was Gabby's first. I mean, Gabby's been on the job now for, what, 13, 14 months? Yeah. And, and it's his first official visit weekend that he's covered. So let's just start there, Gabby. How was it? Um, you know, official visit weekends can always be tricky to cover because you never know if, you're, if you'll be able to catch up with guys following the visit. Um, but, but overall, how was it just kind of tracking how, how it was for the guys that spent some time in Coral Gables? Yeah, it, it was fun, man. It was, it was definitely different. And, uh, you know, just my first time kind of going through that experience, it was, it, it, it was cool in terms of just like, you know, kind of like the chase of like, hey, man, let's see if I can get these guys, talk to them after, see what's up. And, but uh, it, it was honestly really cool. I think Miami did a really good job too of just kind of, you know, setting everything up and how they, they kind of went about it and stuff. And, you know, just being able to kind of know and see the things that those guys were kind of doing. Uh, you know, you could see that, you know, Miami's putting them is going to, you know, on a weekend to weekend basis, going to put themselves in a, in a good position to impress a lot of these guys. Cause it seems like, you know, it's a, it's a pretty eventful weekend for those guys. Yeah. Gabby crushed it here on the website, covering the, the uh, buzz coming out of that weekend. He, he has plenty of articles uh, highlighting some of the things you need to know about the official visitors want to thank everyone that took advantage of our uh, 60% off annual subscription sale. We sold a ton of subs. Um, I think we were third in the network, Gabby. So again, appreciate all you listeners and appreciate all you listeners that are also subscribers means the world to us, helps us keep, keep this podcast going uh, and have fun on the website as well. But let's get back into the official visit, Gabby. Um, I want to start here. I just want to start with, uh, you know, basically what the schedule is for the official visitors. You know, when guys come to Coral Gables, what does Miami have them doing? Uh, What does Miami have the parents doing? I was just wondering if you could give us kind of like a broad schedule, a broad timeline of what they have the guys doing when they arrive and when they check out. Yeah, so, you know, Miami has these guys arriving basically Thursday night. Uh, checking into their hotel, all that stuff. Um, and then, I mean, mon- Monday morning, like they get right to it. You know, they're, Friday they're at, morning. Oh, I'm sorry, Friday morning. Yeah, my bad. Friday morning, they get right to it. Uh, breakfast at Manny Diaz's house. Uh, so I guess it's the chance for, you know, the parents and all the guys to kind of, you know, get to know each other, get to know the staff. So, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty cool way to get things going. And they basically get to campus, like, you know, a little bit before noon. And, you know, there they're able to, like, you know, just kind of just be around, you know, some of the parents do some of like the more like school aspect of stuff, you know, 
just like in terms of just like how their child is going to be developed and like that whole plan they meet with a you know some academic people too the parents and the and the recruits are in are in do like kind of like position meeting type things with the with the staff so it depends on obviously like the position that they meet they they play and the coach that they're kind of hanging out with so uh, i think that's a pretty cool i think that's just like a pretty cool thing where uh you know they're able to just kind of like like the kids kind of go do their own thing the parents have like you know the thing that obviously would you know benefit them the most and all that and then after that they're able to you know, just kind of hang out and stuff. They have, I think they have like a player panel thing where they're able to like, you know, talk to some of the players, maybe ask some questions and, you know, they just hang out. I believe they have like lunch at the hotel, stuff like that. And then they go to dinner. That's at the Rusty Pelican. So, you know, people familiar with Miami and South Florida know what the Rusty Pelican is. You know, it's right there, like off the Rickenbacker Causeway, you know, right, uh, uh right. Just kind of overlooking the entire city of Miami, overlooking, uh, you know, the Bay and all the Biscayne Bay and all that stuff. So, a really, really beautiful view. Uh, they get up on Saturday and, you know, they just, they pretty much spend the day at, at, at UM, uh, you know, just doing a bunch of things again, just a couple of different meetings. Uh, that's where they're able to take photos. That's when like they're able to do photos and all that stuff. And then, you know, they have a, they have lunch on South beach as well. I believe they did it at Smith and Walensky. Uh, that's a place that they've kind of typically done the, the lunch for the players and all that stuff. And, you know, then they just kind of go back to the hotel and just kind of hang out and stuff. And then, you know, the players obviously go with their hosts and all that stuff at some point throughout like the nights, like Friday night, Saturday night, you know, that's when they're able to kind of meet the players and kind of, you know, just go hang out and kind of do their own thing. Uh, parents probably go back to the hotel, you know, just kind of hang out and stuff. So it's a pretty cool weekend. It's a pretty cool weekend. Uh, definitely a ton of activities and Miami definitely takes advantage of a whole South Florida, Miami, yeah. South yeah. beach type of vibe. So I think that's, I think that's what usually impresses a lot of these guys, you know, just, I feel like it just naturally just helps Miami just with the environment, the weather, all that stuff. Lots of good eating, lots of learning about the UF football food. program. So seems like a good time. Uh, I'm curious, Gabby, like if I was going to ask you, what is your biggest takeaway after catching up with, with the guys who took their visits, right? It could be, you know, whether Miami really stands out with this guy or, or it can be a general thing about kind of similar sentiments, maybe all the guys echoed kind of same feeling the same way about a certain something they experienced during their visit. What would you say is the biggest takeaway from catching up with all the guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I really think just like, especially these guys being out of state, you know, when I was talking to them, it was just like, hey, man, so, you know, you had dinner on the water, you know, you you got to see Miami and all that stuff. I must have been super impressive. And a lot of them were just like, yeah, that was cool. But like, I really enjoyed my time with the coaches, like just getting to meet the coaches and being around the coaches and the players and stuff like that and all that stuff. So like, you know, a lot of these guys come from places where there's not an ocean where there's not. So I thought that they would just be like, oh you know, everything else, like all these external stuff. But a lot of these guys were really just kind of, just kind of turned it back and be like, no, like, you know, honestly, what impressed me most, the most was just kind of just what the staff was saying, how they treated you, you know, how they're just saying how, you know, how those guys keep it real. So, I mean, that was my biggest takeaway, you know, that it wasn't even just like being rude about like, you know, the city of the big city, you know, the bright lights, all that stuff. Uh, I think Miami staff really did a good job of just has, or just has done a good job of just like really, showing these kids that that you know that they're really wanted down here that you know they're they're going to be honest with them they're going to be true to their word and you know i really think that that stood out to a lot of these guys so that was something that really stood out to me that just across the board uh that seemed to be the the kind of just general consensus from those guys that you know really just the staff just really impressed them so there were seven official visitors you know going into the weekend 
we thought it would be seven. That turned out to be the case, right? Sometimes schools will sneak in a guy here and there go, going in on an official visit weekend. That wasn't the case this weekend. It was the seven guys we expected. So just to recap, four-star uh, cornerback Trequan Figgins from Alabama, three-star local running back from Stranahan, uh, Broward County area, Omar Graham Jr., three-star cornerback Chris Graves out of Fort Myers Bishop for Rowe, three-star defensive back Jordan Allen out of the state of Louisiana, four-star offensive lineman Malik Agbo, uh, who came all the way from Washington State, uh, definitely the furthest distance traveled of the official visitors. Uh, not far behind him, though, was Anthony Jones, the three-star uh, athlete. Miami likes him as a tight end. He's also being recruited as a defensive lineman by a lot of big-time schools. He comes from uh, Nevada. And three-star defensive tackle Quintel Jones out of uh, Georgia. So those were the official visitors that made it in. Going into the visit, Gabby, we both kind of felt like we'd be surprised if a commitment happened during the weekend that that uh, turned out to be true, but you did put in a crystal ball prediction for one of the visitors following that weekend. Tell us who it is and kind of what we need to know about that situation. Yeah. So, I mean, following the visit, you know, just after catching up with, uh, the, with Chris Graves, I, I felt good about putting in my crystal ball in favor of Miami. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, Miami's put themselves in a good position here. Uh, you know, he's, he's really close. I think he's, he's related in some, in one way or another to Malik Curtis, who also played at Bishop Verreau. So, you know, high school teammates, uh, those two are really close. You know, Chris Graves, he spent time uh, in, in Coral Gables, on Tuesday for the cookout, flipped that right into an official visit. And I just think Miami did a really good job of just kind of showing him, uh, you know, just kind of where he stands with them, you know, showing him a lot of love and stuff. So uh, he does have official visits to LSU and South Carolina coming up, but uh, I, I feel really good about where the Hurricanes stand and just like what DeMarcus Van Dyke and Travars Robinson and those types of guys were, were able to do there. So that's why I went ahead and, and I logged my forecast for, for Chris Graves. Do you feel like he is on commit watch or is it kind of a situation where you feel like it's trending really well in that direction for Miami? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would put him on commit watch, honestly. I mean, if, if I were, if I were betting on who's Miami, who Miami's next commitment was uh, I think, I think the smart money would probably be on Chris Graves. Okay. Uh, I think that that's, I think that that could potentially happen. I think maybe some, someone else could potentially pop. You never know what happens, but uh uh, I, I think, uh, I think that my money would be on Chris Graves to be the Miami's next commitment. So we, we both saw him play in his spring game uh, a few weeks back. I, I think we've talked about it on a, on a previous podcast, but remind people just the type of player, um, Chris Graves is and what kind of impact he might be able to make at Miami in the future. If the hurricanes were to pick his pick up his commitment. Yeah, I mean, Chris Graves is a, you know, he's a long guy. Uh, he seems really technically sound for, you know, a guy that really has played a lot of wide receiver in, you know, just throughout his career. Uh, I mean, he had, he, there was zero passes thrown his direction while he was playing cornerback in that spring game. Uh, I thought he looked really good. He's a very aggressive guy, like, you know, off the line of scrimmage, just not afraid to get physical with, 
with his receivers and just kind of impose his will there. You know, I, I'm, I'm a really big fan. He also has that top end speed. I believe he went like 11.01 in the 100 meter uh, this past spring. So, you know, some verified speed there. And another thing that Miami really likes about him is that he's really, really young for his grades. Like he could, you know, he might be, he might be younger than some 2023 recruits, you know, like he is, right. he's, he's a young guy for his grade. So there's still a ton of room there for development. So the fact that he's showing as much promise as he is um, with still so much room left to grow, I think has Miami really, really intrigued. I think he has a super high ceiling, uh, maybe a, a higher ceiling than maybe we even realize right now in terms of just like yeah. what he looks like and, you know, how he's kind of built already at this, at, you know, at, at his age. So, you know, I think Miami would be getting, uh, you know, a really, really strong corner, uh, you know, a guy that's going to, you know, maybe not come in and play right away. Again, he's really young, but, you know, a guy that uh, maybe a year or two down the line could be a, a regular contributor for Miami. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we're, we're hearing the name Chris Graves for the next uh, few years and Coral Gables just as a guy that's really making plays and, you know, just really helping out Miami on that defensive, on that defensive, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I like the take. If he if he were to commit to Miami, um, he he does remind me of, of former UM cornerback Mike Jackson. Yeah. Uh, in terms of frame, like big guy, probably only going to get bigger once once he gets in a college weight program, and uh, just physicality too. Mike Jack was, was a very physical corner. I think Chris Graves similar style of play. Speed might be comparable too, to be honest. So Mike Jack wasn't necessarily the fastest corner, but he had the length to make up for that uh, lack of elite speed. But like you mentioned, Gabby, Chris is a young guy. Maybe that speed can can improve with some more training. So uh, the upside might be better with Chris Graves compared to Mike Jack, who, who went on to be drafted in the NFL once his UM career was over. So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on Chris Graves. Uh, what, what he decides to do here in the coming days, if Miami can get him to jump in the boat officially. Um, let me ask you this now, Gabby, too. I, I think it's fair to say you feel the best about Miami's chances with landing Chris Graves of the guys who visited this past weekend. If I was going to pin you down and say, who, who do you feel the second best about Miami landing after this weekend, who would it be? Yeah, um, man, I would – honestly, I might – this might be a stretch, but I think I'm going to roll with it. I might go with Malik Ogbo. You know, I, okay. I do think that – I know that he's a Washington kid, and I'm always very kind of like – I feel like just kind of conservative with that because I know the distance is a real thing. But just, you know, just talking to him and, sure. uh, you know, he, he just said that he felt like Miami's like, you know, like the city fit his personality. You know, he really hit it off with, with some of the players and stuff like that. He was hanging around with Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia was on – social media calling him his future left tackle and stuff. And I know you get that a lot on official visits. So maybe not trying to read too much into that, but it just seems like, and even just after kind of just having a few conversations with Malik, how just the way he kind of is and just kind of like, he does have a big personality in like that way that he's just like, you know, super friendly and all that stuff. So I can definitely see Miami being a place where he's comfortable. And, you know, I, again, he's going to go visit LSU, I believe next weekend. They just got rid of their offensive line coach and James Craig. Right. So, does that kind of open the door a little bit more? His only crystal ball prediction right now is to LSU. So, I mean, I think that that helps Miami. Uh, you know, you still have to go through Oklahoma. You're right. still going to probably have to go through Oregon and Washington and kind of, you know, be able to, to pull him out of the Pacific Northwest. But, you know, I feel I feel like I think if you're Miami, if you're Garen Justice, you have to feel better, you know, today than you did maybe even on Wednesday or Thursday about where you stand with Malik Agbu. Everything I heard, I think Miami feels good about 
everything they showed Malik and kind of how he responded to the visit too. But like you mentioned, there's still plenty of visits to go. And so, you know, we'll see how he feels about Miami once those other kind of, once the dust settles from those visits. But I agree. I I think Miami did make a strong impression on him. Still a ways to go probably, but I, I think that's a good, that's a good pick by you in terms of who maybe Miami fans should feel second best about coming out of this weekend. Um, let me ask you this before we move on here to the next topic I got on the outline, Gabby. Uh, Trequan Figgins, right? The highest rated guy on the visit, top 100 player. What, what kind of impression did you get from him coming out of his official visit? Yeah, I, I think Miami helped themselves with him too. Uh, I just think it's going to be tough. You know, he spent an earlier part of the week uh, at Alabama. Uh, I believe he worked out for Nick Saban. He got the whole uh, office call where he sat down and had a conversation with Saban and I know that Saban was telling him like, you can come here and I will be your personal position coach. And, you know, I just feel like for a DB from Alabama, if I just think if Alabama does decide that they want him, uh, I just think it's going to be tough for anybody. Like I, I, I don't even think it's anything Miami did wrong or anything like that. I just think that if Alabama decides that they want Trey Fonfigans, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to really compete with that. Um, outside right. of Alabama. I mean, I feel good about where Miami stands. You know, I think Georgia is probably going to be their biggest competition uh, South Carolina potentially, depending on how that visit goes. But I would even feel better about where Miami stands uh, in terms of just South Carolina, where he's also going to officially visit. So, you know, Georgia has been involved for a long time. You know, I, I don't know if that's dying down a little bit, but it kind of has the vibe that it sort of is. So, I mean, I think if it's not Alabama, I think Miami would be in a very, very competitive, you know, position to eventually, uh, you know, land him and all that stuff. But I think it's all going to be I think Alabama kind of just controls the controls the clock right now. And I think that what they decide to do is ultimately going to decide where, you know, Traquan Fegans ends up. So let's wrap up the official visit kind of recap with this Gabby. I'm going to throw this out there. You either agree with me or, or set me straight. Right. Um, kind of, kind of the vibe I got coming out of the weekend was that if, you know, the guys that Miami would take commitments from today if they wanted to, right? That visit, that visited this past weekend. I think Miami would take Trequan Fegan's commitment, of course. I think they would take Chris Graves' commitment. And I, th- I think they would take Malik Agbo's commitment as well if those three guys wanted to commit to Miami today. The other visitors... I'm not so I'm not sold that Miami would take their commitments if they wanted to jump on board right now. I think I think it's it's one of two things with, with the remainder guys that that took their visits. I think either Miami wants to see more of them, whether that's an in-person workout at a camp setting, or you know see more of them um, during their senior season, or let's say Miami misses on some guys that are higher up on the recruiting board. They would circle back around to the remaining, remaining guys that I didn't name, not, you know, the four other guys. So that would be Omar Graham, Jordan Allen, Anthony Jones, Quintel Jones, Uh, maybe circle back around to them. If Miami kind of strikes out on their top, top, top targets on the board, do you think that's, kind of a fair vibe I picked up on after this weekend, or would you push back on that? No, I, I think that's, I think you're on the money there. I think the person out of the remaining that might have the best argument, it might be Anthony Jones. Uh, and that's just yeah. because, you know, I think Miami feels like, you know, he's a guy that, 
you know, could potentially two, two, three years down the line, they might be like really happy that they decided to take him. But if we're talking today with, you know, Jaleel Skinner, with Caden Helms, with RJ Maryland still set to visit, I'm not sure that they would just be okay. Kind of just like deciding on their tight ends. Like, so right. I, I think those three, I think if either, if either, if those three guys called right now and said they wanted to commit to Miami, I think hundred percent. Yes. I think Anthony Jones, they would probably think about it for a while like really just like sit on it and just have a long conversation about it. I think the other three, I, I don't think that Miami would be ready to kind of move forward with those guys if, if they wanted in. Yeah. Some things would have to happen there. Um, yeah. And you know, those guys might still end up in the class. We're not saying that it's just, yeah, if they sure. wanted to commit today, probably they, they would be uh, asked to come in and work out, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, they will, there, there is going to be another, big official visit weekend here coming up this weekend. We'll, we'll discuss that in the next podcast. We'll do one more podcast this week, a uh, bigger group to track um, this weekend. So uh, there'll be plenty to discuss coming out of that weekend as well. Uh, let's take a break here, Gabby, and we will discuss some developments with some five-star defensive linemen that Miami is chasing. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. And, you know, Miami, I've, I've been writing this on the site, I feel like, a lot here in the, in the first week of June, Gabby. Uh, but, but Miami's going to go big game hunting, right, on the recruiting trail. Uh, the, the coaching staff has kind of made it clear that they want to go get difference makers. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of sounds like, well, yeah, no, duh, but uh, it, it is kind of what this staff is focused on right now. They want to get dudes and the top rated dude in South Florida for this cycle is five star defensive end Shamar Stewart at a Monsignor pace. Um you know, after this first week, Gabby, I think one of the one of the top takeaways in general with Miami's recruiting efforts in the month of June is that the Hurricanes are sitting in a very good spot for Shamar Stewart, maybe better than we all realized. Uh, he, he visited Miami June 1st and June 2nd. We've discussed that. Uh, he took his official visit to LSU this past weekend, who was kind of viewed as, as the top you know, honestly, the favorite. So Miami's top threat uh, in the recruitment at this stage. And the word coming out of that visit was that maybe Shamar wasn't feeling it all that much. 
Um, and that kind of prompted 24-7 sports national recruiting analysts uh, Steve Wiltfong and Andrew Ivins to fire in Miami Hurricanes crystal balls, right? Now, I think, I think it is worth noting, Gabby, that there is going to be a long ways to go in this recruitment. I don't think that's an indication of Shamar looking to make a decision you know, and commit to Miami anytime soon. But I think it is a, I think those crystal balls should be viewed as like a snapshot of where the recruitment stands today, right? So if Shamar Stewart, if today was national signing day, Shamar Stewart had to make a decision, chances are Miami would be the pick. And and so I think that's why they put those crystal balls on Miami. Now there's still schools like Georgia going to be heavily involved there. I don't think LSU is going to give up either. Um, but, but I'm curious, just what, what did you make of those crystal balls being put in there? Um, you know, and and do you have anything to add there on Shamar? Yeah. I mean, I just think really with those crystal balls, I also just, I just feel like it's, uh, also those guys just kind of saying like, you know, LSU might not be considered the favorite anymore, like shouldn't be considered the favorite anymore. So I just think even just moving the crystal balls off LSU is just kind of a testament to the fact of just like. I mean, I guess how the visit went down, how he felt about the visit. And again, like we just kind of just like echo what you're saying, just where the recruitment stands right now. Like, I mean, the, the, the saying in recruitment is to follow the visits, right? Like, like Shamar Stewart was on Miami's campus twice uh, before he stepped foot on anybody else's campus. So there's probably schools out there that he's considering that he might not see twice, you know, throughout the rest of his recruitment. So, you know, for Miami to get him on campus twice there, they're going to get him on campus again this week. And on Sunday, he's going to be, you know, at Miami with uh, Pace, who I believe is playing in the seven-on-seven tournament at Miami. So Miami's going to get him on campus three three times in less than two weeks to open up the recruiting, uh, you know, this whole recruiting period. So I think that's a big deal. Um, I think, the I, again, like, I'm not going to make too much of the crystal balls, you know, with the low-confidence scores. Uh, right. There is, like, there, like you said, there is a long way to go. There is a very good chance that, you know, he's always said that he's going to take this to, to National Signing Day. He can't enroll early at pace. Like, I don't think they allow it. So by national signing day, uh, that could potentially mean the February national signing day. So there's a chance that there's a, there's a long, long road ahead of us in this one. Uh, he's going to be at Notre Dame and Ohio state this week. So, you know, again, he's going to go see all these big time major programs. So there's still plenty of time for things to change. There's, but you know, I think Miami's feeling good about where they stand right now. And I think they're going to get plenty of opportunities to show, Shamar where they kind of stand with him and why Miami could be the place where he could play. So I think that's a big deal. And uh, if they're able to get him on, uh, you know, on campus for an official visit, uh, which would probably more likely be during the season, I think that would just be all the better for, for UM. Yeah. And and obviously landing a guy like Shamar Stewart would be a huge deal uh, in terms of a talent acquisition uh, from a talent acquisition standpoint. I wrote an article over the weekend, Gabby, I wanted to look at how many times over the past decade had Miami landed five-star prospects in back-to-back classes. And, and Miami hasn't quite frankly landed many five-stars in general over the last decade, which I think is telling, um, you know, in terms of how they need to pick it up with, with landing the elite of the elite uh, recruiting uh, targets around the country. Uh, but, but they also have not stacked five-stars. Uh, in back-to-back classes uh, very much over the last decade either. The last time they did that was in 2011 when they signed five-star defensive end 
Anthony Ciccolo. And then in the 2012 class, they stacked uh, five-star prospects, Duke Johnson and Tracy Howard on top of Anthony Ciccolo. They haven't done that since uh, they haven't done that since at Miami. Now, of course, last year, Miami signed two five-star guys, uh, according to the industry generated 24 seven sports composite in James Williams and Leonard Taylor. And so, you know, stacking a guy like Shamar Stewart on top of that class is exactly what you want to see from a Miami Hurricanes fan standpoint, right? It's all about talent acquisition. Um, you know, that's, that is, in my opinion, the big reason why Alabama is so successful. They stack talent and, uh, really, Miami yeah, is, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I really, just really quick, David. I mean, and also it's not, a, it's not it wouldn't only be five stars and back-to-back classes. It'd be like five stars at the same position, right? Like yes. two five-star defensive linemen. Like that's a, that's a big deal. And basically like, you know, essentially top 10 five stars yeah. in the country. Like to me, there's a big difference between a top 10 five star and like a five star that, you know, ranks like 25, number 32. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Miami would be adding elite, elite, elite talent in back-to-back classes. And when they start doing that, that's when you're going to see results on the field. So again, there's still a long ways to go here with Shamar. Uh, we'll see if they can seal the deal, close it off, but there is a long ways to go. Uh, there was some news that broke on Monday, Gabby, with another five-star defensive lineman by the name, great name for a defensive tackle, oh, yeah. Bear Alexander, who hails out of Fort Worth, Texas. He is a five-star uh, prospect, according to the composite, number 26 overall player in the country. Tell us, tell us what we need to know about that, Gabby. Were you surprised that he... Uh, he announced he would be taking an official visit to Miami on Monday. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty surprised just because it was bear Alexander, but like, I kind of sat back and thought about it and I'm just like, why were you surprised? Like Miami's just kind of, it just feels like they're just like, they're whale hunting at like all these positions. I just feel like they're, they feel good about the way that they're recruiting right now. You know, I feel like, you know, those guys believe that they can compete with a lot of major programs for these high end talents. And, you know, I know Jess Simpson has been involved here for a few months, uh, you know, recruiting staffer Ed Pata too. He's, you know, those guys have been kind of behind the scenes, kind of in his ear a little bit. He was a long time. I mean, he was committed to Georgia for a long time. So, you know, he decommits from Georgia Monday, quickly follows that up with the fact that he's officially visiting Miami. And that's on the heels of a, of, a, of an unofficial visit to Texas A&M. So I think the Aggies are probably viewed as the team to beat, but I think, you know, just getting him on campus is, is, is a big deal. And uh, just kind of like what we've been gathering off, like from guys that have been on campus, like it just seems like once Miami's able to get him here, I think that he, they're really going to be able to make a move uh, with Bear, Bear Alexander. And, you know, so I, I'm not surprised that, you know, Miami's kind of, you know, going after some of these like big time guys. And, um, you know, it honestly doesn't surprise me that they're able to get him on campus. It feels like they've just been able to do that. Uh, especially this cycle and even last cycle, you know, just in terms of landing big guys like James Williams, who we didn't, you know, we felt Georgia was the leader there and Leonard Taylor, who we felt like Florida was the leader there. It just seems like Miami's just been doing a really good job of kind of just like turning the tides with a lot of like, you know, highly touted guys. So let's see, he's a Texas guy. And again, I think Texas A&M's in a good spot, but you never know what happens. Yeah. So he's set to take his official visit this weekend and Gabby will have that covered in terms of, you know, when it's, when it's, when the visit is wrapped up, where things kind of stand from a Miami buzz standpoint. So stay locked on inside the U.com for those details. 
Um, and lastly here, before we get out of here with the podcast, Gabby, let's discuss the uh, Manny Diaz seven on seven slash big man tournament that took place over the weekend. Uh, you know, some big time schools were there, uh, such as Miami Northwestern, Miami Central, Miramar, Carroll City. Um, I do think it was more of a event for the 2023s and 2024s. I think that's just a product of 2022s kind of getting out and taking visits, right? Um, rather than, than doing team workout camp type stuff. But still loaded with 2023s and 2024s. I just want your quick takeaways on who impressed you from what you saw while you were watching the action out there. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys. I mean, I think one of the top guys out there was 2023 wide receiver Richard Dandridge. Uh, he's out of he's out of Homestead. Uh, you know, I thought he was a, I thought he was really really good out of the slot. You know, I've seen him play a lot of seven on seven football with the Miami Immortals, and you know, I feel like he's one of those kind of like under the radar radar type of guys who could end up being like a, a slot option. Uh, maybe down the road, he is on the smaller side, but has you know, top, he has he's a really really fast guy. Uh, did a really good job of creating separation for Homestead. I think that they played in the semifinal. Like they got all the way up to the semifinal. I know he earned a. I think he earned an offer from FAU, who had staff guys there. He, I think he earned an offer from Kevin Beard, who's at Toledo now as well. So you know, a couple other guys that you know kind of recognized him. I thought he. Was, I thought he might have been the most impressive guy out there. Um, a couple others that, that I think showed me something, uh, Andy Jean from Northwestern, yeah. the, you know, four-star pass catch, uh, wide receiver. I thought he was really, really good for Northwestern and they ended up winning the tournament. So, you know, definitely Andy Jean, I would put up there too. Uh, Blake Boda, who's a big left-handed quarterback in the 2023 class out of Daytona beach Seabreeze. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good slinging the ball around. I, I thought he might've been one of the more, more impressive passers that was out there. Um, in that seven on seven tournament. But I mean, quickly off the top of my head, I think those are some of the guys that yeah. really impressed me also on the defensive side, just physically. He's, I know he's a guy that we've kind of wrote about. I know Andrews wrote about him recently. Uh, Darius Thomas jr. Out of Miramar, yeah. uh, big, big safety, uh, maybe down the line, you know, towards the end, if Miami's looking for a safety, I could see them potentially, you know, giving him a look, um, apparently like claims to be related to like Ed Reed in one way or another. Uh, not sure how or what the deal is there, but I thought he was someone that was out there that, uh, that, you know, Miami fans can maybe keep an eye out for to, you know, he, nothing might may ever come of that, but, you know, potentially down the road. One thing I'll add uh, just from being out there as well, uh, 2024 quarterback. So he is uh, a rising sophomore now, I guess, Tyler Aronson out of the Benjamin yeah. school in North Palm beach. Right. Um, Brett Lashley was definitely watching him compete and, you know, he's a young guy, so there's a long ways to go and, uh, you know, still has plenty to work on, but I, he does flash a lot of talent, uh, for a younger quarterback. And if he keeps working at his craft and progressing both physically and from a skill standpoint, you can see where he's going to be, in the discussion of being the top quarterback in the state of Florida for his 2024 class. Anything else to add Gabby, or is that, should we just wrap this thing up now? Yeah, no, I think we're good there, man. I mean, I think we, I think we nailed it. Uh, we're definitely going to hop on and 
later on this week. Again, talk with the upcoming official visit week. It's going to be a massive one. So definitely stay tuned for, you know, the previews on the site and then the podcast coming up later this week. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll do a podcast either, you know, Thursday, Friday, see how it goes. And we'll kind of preview the uh, big official visit weekend. And uh, that's that's all we got for today. Thanks, Gabby. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely, David. Take care, man. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.